Welcome to New Gen Network, a podcast online radio show from Ghana, West Africa. Your host is Raphael Okere and co-founder. Gen Writers Club is a show to empowering young African writers to share their writing skills and arts with the world. Join us to listen to our international guest speakers who are ready to inspire and motivate you to your success. For them, they care about the short term and it makes them profit in the short term. Sure. um, Just just to talk a little bit about Rumi, the organization that you founded in 2013, right? Yep. Yes. Let's, Let's just talk about Rumi, how... You know, Rumi plays a role in all this um, social impact, social justice, um, education, you know, everything associated to social change. How does Rumi play a role in this? So Rumi's uh, greatest strength is around making it easy and fun and simple and free to learn through any mobile device. That's our general view. And so we started in 2013. And the reason we were focused on technology and mobile devices was because I had worked uh, years earlier on investments to bring mobile phones into uh, uh, a lot of developing countries, including across Africa. And because my parents were born and raised in Kenya and my grandparents, and so for generations, we had um, a very strong link. You know, I, I, I knew of the power of mobile phones. I had worked on it. And so the idea behind Rumi was that, you know, as soon as anyone gets a low cost device, any kind of device, that can become a lifeline to learning for them, right? Mm -hmm. But for that to happen, they need to have something that is able to work offline sometimes because they don't always have an internet connection. They need something that um, is, works on a mobile phone, right? And they also need something that is built for how someone learns on a mobile device. And what we found, because we started in 2013, we found in the last few years, we had enough data and experience because we had grown to over 30 countries, mm-hmm. um, you know, working through partners and so on, that um, we realized that the, the next, the holy grail for learning on mobile devices for the modern learner was to actually evolve it into what we call micro learning. So the idea being that instead of taking a regular learning lesson that you do in a classroom mm-hmm. and trying to jam that onto your phone, which just yeah. never works because it's not the same thing. <laughs> You know, it's like we just said, listen, let's just make it easy for people to learn in five yeah. minutes, you know, five minute snippets on their, on their mobile device. You know, the, yeah, usual, the, usual learning, the usual learning time is like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, but you made it five minutes. It's five minutes. And you know what's great about it is that, number one, the, in, the, the studies show that you actually learn better if you do it in small snippets. Yeah. So actually, it helps you retain the knowledge you got better. But the second and more important thing is that if you can make it five minutes, you make it easy for people to do a lot more of it yes. because you have five minutes on the waiting for the bus or you're five minutes, you're on the bus or you're waiting for this or that, or your yeah. people use their phones in the bathroom or whatever, <laughs> you know, you could just grab it. And what we found was that if someone has five or six minutes on their mobile device, pretty much all of them now will use social media. And it's because wow. social media has, has, yeah, the social media companies are so effective at building and they're, they're trying to hack your time. They want every, they yes. want to get you that five minutes. They want it because Instagram knows that the average session on Instagram, the average amount of time someone spends is six minutes, but it aggregates into like close to three hours a day because they just 
get they get six minutes here, six minutes there, six minutes. It keeps adding up. Yeah. The problem is it, it it's terrible for everyone's mental health, right? Because they're mm-hmm. just trying to keep you on the platform so that you, you know, you could they could sell you ads. We decided to take all the same mechanics and then use it to bring value to the learner. So we want to bring value to you. We're not going to try to keep you on there by showing you, you know, extremist content and, you know, yes. controversial stuff or whatever keeps you on so we can sell you ads. We want to keep you engaged with fun learning content. So we use memes, we use animated GIFs, we make all of the stuff really fun and it teach and it's all five minutes. It's on your mobile device. It teaches you skills. And it's a hundred percent free because we're a nonprofit. Um, so it's ex- exactly like, Wik- yeah, it's exactly like Wikipedia. The way we've grown it, we, we started with zero micro courses at the, when the pandemic started, we launched uh, like in the summer last year with 50 micro courses. We now have passed a thousand a few weeks ago and we produce wow. like close to 50 new micro courses a week. Yeah. And the amazing thing is it's just like Wikipedia. We have people around the world who are passionate volunteers, educators, people working at big companies who they all have skills that they want to contribute, right? And we are able to distill their their insights and their skills into these micro learning experiences. And then what we're finding is that people, learners love it, right? Because it's super easy and fun and they start to replace social media time with it, which is good wow. for everybody. Well, wow. honestly, when, when I try to envision this platform that you just created there are lots more similar platforms out there but you would have to pay you know for our listeners listening to us right now this platform is is free for everyone it's a non-profit organization and so this is free and i would add it's good i I know ghana well enough i know all the (laughs) the region i know that if everybody if they hear it's free they're going to think oh it's not good we could charge for it, but we don't, right? Like, we don't feel like at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. we want it to be, I'm not going to create social impact by selling it. I mean, I could, right? But then I'd uh-huh. rather be on Wall Street. Like, I want to, yeah. we want to revolutionize education, right? We want to sure. build like the Wikipedia of free sure. learning, of free micro learning. So sure. it, it's good. People should check it out and see. I, I guarantee people get addicted I, when they try it out. But it's good because they're learning. I've, I've already checked it out. Okay. And I, for me, for me, this is for me. Personally, I believe if we don't have this greenwashing on, so, um, on Wall Street and you know all other capital inv- uh, investment companies doing what they're doing and all companies you know, pretending to be really investing, I think this is the true and real investment that all these companies could actually make. You know, replacing it with all other social platforms, this is actually the real thing that you know, they should actually invest in. Because for all you know, and for your health benefits, it's so much good compared to any other, any other platform and any other social media. We are not trying to condemn all the social media networks, you know, but that's just the truth. Okay, you, you're basically not learning anything from there. And this is the right platform here for you. And so, yeah, I, I personally believe that, you know, you have quite a number of people patronizing this from from where I'm from <laughs> and from Africa yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your micro courses. What, what are some of the courses you have on there? So our focus is on the things that people wish they learned in school, but they don't. 
Ah. And what we find, to give you an example in North America, because so where it's growing fastest right now is in North America. So it's being used really in the U.S. and Canada um, okay. and hopefully soon in West Africa. But again, we're new enough that I think people, most people there will be hearing about it for the first time. But, you know, when we talk to people in North America, we said, listen, uh, youth in particular, right? Because the, the people who love it the most are probably 15 to 25 years old who are very, very digital native and they like using social media. They like to learn on their phone. What they were telling us was that the, the, what they really wanted to learn most was, you know, things that like school doesn't teach, but you obviously yeah. need to know in life, like financial yeah. literacy. Like how does a mortgage work? How does a credit card work? That Somehow so, so in the important. U.S., it's so important. It's crazy. You know, you yeah. have these school systems and they'll teach you, you know, some random topic on like advanced trigonometry. That's <laughs> great. I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I love math. I studied math. But it's like kind of odd that like people will graduate knowing that and like they won't know how, you know, yeah, like how basic much get you economic so system works. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the life skills you need. Right. So it's like we do financial literacy, how to get a job, how to improve your CV, how to interview better, what type of job you even want. Wow. And all of the stuff we're doing is all driven by what the community, because we have this growing community of learners. When we listen to what they say and they'll tell us, hey, we want this or that. We want to understand basic job skills. Like how do you build a tech startup? How do you, you know, wow. there's all these little concepts that you can communicate. And we often work with some of the best companies, right? So Amazon and other companies of Carlisle Group have actually had their employees volunteering all like wow. volunteering time for free to create content uh, aligned to their uh, expertise so that more and more people can access it. Wow. I can't, seriously, I can't believe you have all these programs designed in five minutes. Honestly. Yeah. It's, um, well, you know, as you go through them, you'll see they're kind of, they're kind of fun, right? They've got like jokes. Seriously. They have mini quizzes. It's just, it's, you know, that way it's fun, right? It's it, learning's got learning has to be fun. fun. Right? Otherwise, yeah. people. The only way learning is can't be fun is if you take people into a classroom and you lock them there and they're forced to listen to it, and then you could just tell them whatever you want because they're stuck. Yeah. But in, if you're trying to address someone through technology, you are asking them to pick up their mobile phone and give you their time on their mobile phone, and they're not in a classroom locked up. They could be anywhere. They're you know. They're, yeah. they're on their own. And so, you know, you have to beat TikTok. You have to beat <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, right? Because that's your competition. Yes. The second you get boring, yeah, they'll, they'll just switch. And five seconds. Everybody go, I'll do it. That's the thing. So we know, we, that's, we know that's what we're competing with. And we said, look, if we could make it fun and engaging, because yeah. here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about, about, um, about how social media works. You get what's called a dopamine rush. It's this chemical, it's this chemical reaction you get a, a dopamine rush in your brain when you use social media and it's, it makes people feel kind of momentarily happy. And so wow. that's kind of why people go to social media and they refresh it. It's because they're almost sort of trained to go and get that hit. It's like gambling. It's almost a little like drugs. You know, they get that hit. Um, and what's interesting <laughs> is that research shows that you get a dopamine rush also if you learn a new skill, right? If you learn something yes. new and you're like, Oh, Oh, I understand that you get the same thing, right? It feels good. Yeah. The difference is if you get a dopamine rush through using Rumi, you know, over months and months, it's going to be great for you. It's going to be good for your mental health. You're going to have learned mm -hmm. a bunch of things. You're going to be smarter and more capable. If you just keep getting a dopamine rush through like using Instagram or whatever social media, like over months and months, it will negatively affect your mental health. Yeah. You haven't learned a thing, yeah, yeah. right? And so that we, we want to provide a healthy alternative. 
Yes, I, I totally get that point. It's, it's just like um, this book I read by Carol Dweck is called Habits. You know, it teaches more about how your neurons. Hello? Yep. Yeah, it teaches more about how your neurons develops, you know, your brain develops. It's, it relates your brain to like how your arm muscles works. You know, the more you gym, the more you, you become muscular and you get stronger. That's just how the brain works. So you can just, um, so you can just assume how often you use social media for all the stuff you do and how it's going to affect your brain in terms of growth. And you can imagine how using um, Rumi can also influence and strengthen your your brain and your habits and and growth in general you know so it's just like you said it's, mm -hmm. it's just like that the more you use it the more it has a greater impact on you and that's just it i believe when when you use your this platform or which is roomy you're you are just on the path of growing your your memory your neurons your strengthening your brain and learning new new things i for one if i had the opportunity to learn financial literacy when i was young oh man i believe that that would be just it for me but <laughs> some of us had to learn it at the latter yeah we, we, we would all have made better decisions <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so, important it's important information yes yes um so let, let's get more into your social life i I don't know if you are interested in this part. It's it's kind of um, pushy. Sometimes it gets you to talk more about stuff that you even didn't plan to talk about. Are you in for that? I'm happy to do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm in for that, especially if we get to talk about um, guys about West African Afrobeats because that's sure, a big area of interest. We diving <laughs> deep into that. So yes, uh, concerning your parents, you did mention that your parents were from uh, Kenya, right? Mm -hmm. How many times have you been to Kenya? And do you have any plans of um, really creating some, some social impact there? You know, um, so I've been a number of times to Kenya because we still have relatives there. So in fact, my family had um, my parents and my brother and everybody, all these extended family went to a family reunion uh, near Mombasa um, a couple of years ago, which unfortunately I couldn't attend, but I have been back a bunch of times. I even once climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which was interesting because I felt like I was about to die at the end. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was, so, you know, we, we have done, we have done a bunch of stuff in Kenya. We worked with Junior Achievement and other organizations that had sort of an operation on the ground. And um, we've done a lot of stuff in North Africa. We've done stuff in South Africa. We haven't done as much in West Africa, which is, um, ah. which is, which is sad for me because actually it was the last, the last international trip I took before the pandemic was actually to, um, to West Africa. So, oh, um, so we'd love to do more there. Yes. Ghana. Let's, let's talk about Ghana. Wait, when you were here, you, you, you were definitely, yes. You are definitely a part of the whole um, beyond. Uh, how do how do I even call this thing? I'm forgetting. Wait, what, what was the name for that? 
the year of the return? Yes, year of return. Oh man, how is the experience like? How's the concerts like? How's the custom visits like? You know, it was it was fascinating. You know, it was my first time in Ghana, so I I got in. I spent New Year's there at the last year, beginning of twenty twenty, and so got in. You know, a week before New Year's, and we had a mix of activities that were very meaningful and deep and historic around mm-hmm. understanding the. So I had accompanied. Um, uh, a couple of friends who are who are African American, uh, who I went to college with in the U.S., and so we all went back. And there was trips to go to, you know, see the history of how the slave trade began in 1619, because it was the 400 year anniversary of the first ship yeah. going from Ghana to Jamestown, Virginia, and yeah. it was really, really eye opening to see that. In fact, I have to say, having seen that, you know, that's how I started 2020. And then later that year, wow. there was the whole issue with George Floyd and yeah. being killed by the police and then the Black Lives Matter protests. It all put a lot into context for me around the fact that, you know, sadly, not enough progress has been made, um, you know, in, hmm. in racial equality, frankly, in, in the U.S. Um, yeah. So you had all that. There was a lot of historical stuff that was really, really deeply touching and meaningful. Then it was luckily balanced with a bunch of uh, music concerts like Afro Cella, Afro Nation. Yeah. And I got to see Stoneboy, I saw yeah. Burna Boy. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like Naira Marley, the Nigerian guy. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but he was he didn't he didn't perform. But there was a bunch of really good music there. Yeah. Wait wait. So bet- between Burna Boy, between Stoneboy, um, and Naira Marley, who are you going for? Yeah. Wait. For if if you actually don't don't be partial, just tell us who you go for between these two people. Among if I, so I I like I like the French West African music a lot, and I love the English West African, right? So the French West African, I would say Magic System probably from I, I, all the Ivory Coast stuff is great. If I had to if I had to pick for those three, I know I I, I love Ghana, and I've never even been to Nigeria, so I really like Stone Boy, but. I, I quite like Naira Marley. I think there's something yeah. really interesting and edgy about his, and I don't even understand most of what he's saying because it's in Aruba <laughs> or something. So, but, but I sing along to the words. I actually, yeah. I actually know the words. Yeah. I understand them. His songs He's got a real style. He's got a real vibe. Yeah, they really do. I mean, obviously, I think he has a bit of a dodgy reputation in Nigeria because you know, Marleyans are known to be sort of troublemakers and stuff. So I don't think anyone expected that some guy, some guy on Wall Street, like li- listens to Naira Marley. But you yeah. know, I have I have interesting taste in music. Bless, man. Bless, man. If Stoneboy is listening to you right now, it'll be something else, man. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's get a little bit into your um, your social entrepreneur life. What time do you wake up from bed as a social entrepreneur? Um, usually around like seven-ish, right? You know, and then I try mm. to do a few things before the day starts. Mm. So what are the first three things you do when, when you wake up? You know, my, uh, one thing that I've really liked doing, especially in the last year, because the pandemic started and then they kind of okay. shut down everything over here right and so you had this situation where you know you kind of have uh you know you're kind of sitting at home working you know more than you want to um (laughs) and so i i found that for me the best thing in the morning is to always do a good workout like a really rigorous workout because i I find for me you know if i if i if i go and sweat and i do a proper workout where i push myself and i'm you know um 
and for me, I like doing ones that are kind of high intensity kind of things where you're doing push-ups and running and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like at that point I wake up, you know, the rest of the day I'm awake. I'm like really just, you know, there's no way you could still be half sleep after that. And on top of that, you know, often people feel better because, you know, there's, you get, there's a release of it, what are called endorphins after you, um, after you work out and it sort of gets you feeling a bit energetic and bright and happy. Yeah. And it's, it's a really good way to start the day. And I feel like later in the day, if I don't never get around to it. So it's a good thing. I think a good discipline to kind of get up, work out, and then, you know, sh- you know, clean up, shower, whatever, eat mm-hmm. breakfast, and then get your day going. Yes. Between, between poker game and chess, which one would you go for? Between which ones? Poker game and chess, which one would you go for? I guess chess. Oh, so you're that player, huh? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I don't know. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, what's your all-time influential book? Well, that's a good one. Um, I would tell you that there's been a few that I really liked. One of them was the um, Mahatma Gandhi's uh, autobiography, which was called The Story of My Experiments with Truth. Um, There's a number like that, but I think that was one of the early ones that I read that was influential. It's not a business book. I've read a lot of good business books, but I tell people, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone, I don't think, honestly, I think for spiritual happiness, I don't think that the best book you've read should be a business book. I mean, you could read a hundred business books, but like the book that you really feel like compelled you to be something a bit more, you know, important about life. Yeah. Something that is non-fictional, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it could, it could even be fiction if it tells a, a really meaningful story. For me, I quite like nonfiction because I take a lot of inspiration out of, yes. you know, the people who, you know, if you think of someone like Gandhi, um, if Gandhi, um, you know, is one of my heroes, then I'm not going to have a problem telling Wall Street that, that they're, <laughs> you know, they're wrong about <laughs> these things because, you know, you realize that like it, it, it's much more important to, to do the right thing. You definitely have the stoneboy spray, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that compliment. I love stoneboy. Bless. Okay, so between Ninth Club and Beach Relaxation, which one would you go for? Between what was the first one, Nightclub and Beach Relaxation? Yeah. I would generally, I mean, everyone likes a bit of both, but generally speaking, nightclub, probably. <laughs> oh, man. You're that guy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Depends so, on the music, though. Yeah. Music. So do you have plans of writing a book or something related to, you know, either um, fiction, nonfiction, something related to visuals, like, a movie, documentary, do you have any plans related to something about writing? Uh, I, I do actually. I would like to, um, if I can, start to do more stuff in media and communications, right? So whether it's writing a book is something that's definitely on the radar. Um, and so, uh, and, I, and I, there's a good chance that I would try to write something in the next few years on the same topics that I'm speaking and writing on publicly on uh, greenwashing and how the economic system works. There, there's that, but then also, I'm, I'm also really interested in, you know, media and um, just generally, you know, yeah. uh, you know, even podcasts and, and things like that. Like I, I actually had started doing 
uh, messing around with stand-up comedy on the side <laughs> before the pandemic hit. And I just, I really enjoy it. You know, I, I think that you can create a lot of social change if you're an effective voice on stage. So one of my favorite yeah. comedians, you know, I'd say my, my favorite comedian overall is for sure is Dave Chappelle. Um, and I find Dave Chappelle so fascinating because I think he's brilliant and he has a very clear social view that is well informed and thoughtful and meaningful. And he, he communicates it through his work, right? So he makes it funny, he makes it enjoyable, but underneath it, there's a really interesting and thoughtful message and he's, he's very deliberate about it. And I think it's an extraordinary example of how you can influence social change um, in some ways that people don't always expect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our very last question. Uh, yep. Between arts and books, which one would you go for? You know, arts, paintings, and books. Uh, for me, it would be books. Yeah, I'm not as oh, yes. that much individual painting and expert. I think I think I saw that on the video. You had all these books behind you. You know, your small library, just like my small cabinets slash library here <laughs> yeah wow yeah that's right i mean some of these books uh are, are, are um i haven't even read yet <laughs> but um but i will get to them someday bless bless um before we end up the show do you have any message for our listeners do you have anything you know a call to action to our listeners, what they should expect from Rumi and how they can catch up with Rumi, any motivational messages, anything at all? Look, I would say, you know, two things. First of all, from a motivational perspective, I think the most important thing is to just go out and try stuff. Like, you know, you have to be careful. You can't spend every last penny you have on some crazy idea and have no backup, right? You have to, you have yeah. to find the balance of, of, you know, having a plan and having a backup. But once you've done that, I think it's really important for people to just go for it because that's what I learned is that, you know, I sometimes pondered stuff for a while and I spent a long time and then I got frustrated because I never even tried anything. My personality is sort of a bit action oriented. And so I've realized that the most important thing I can do is once I feel comfortable with something, just go for it. And, you know, if, if it doesn't work, that's fine. I'll learn, I'll learn something and, yes. you know, and go from there. And I'd say the second thing I tell people is that, listen, if you want to learn, you know, how to start a business, how the economic system works, you know, and you want to start to pick up these lessons in ways that are free and easy, I would check out roomy.org because I've written a few of the micro courses on there around sort of how the economic system works. I'm getting other people who are from the industry to do it. You know, we really want to get more expertise um, engaged in using technology to transfer their knowledge, right? Transfer their skills to people who, who need it and want it. And uh, there's a really interesting way to do that through micro learning. And I think we're just at the beginning of what's going to be pretty revolutionary shift. Great. I'm definitely going for the second one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but how do um, people get in touch with you uh, on social media, your website? Can you put it out there for us? Yeah, definitely. So on social media, I'm on all, all the platforms as so, so fancy. So my last name was fancy and I looked fancy was taken. Then I looked for so fancy was taken, but oh, then sure. I doubled down. So, so, so fancy, um, uh, SOSO fancy is basically my social media handle on Instagram, Twitter, and elsewhere. And then the other one is Roomy Learn, 
right? Just it's R U M I E. Yeah, Rumi Learn, one word. You'll find Rumi on social media. And it's good to follow us because we start to share more and more of the courses as they come out and other things so that, you know, you can see and try them first on your mobile. Bless, bless. Thank you so, so much for joining us, uh, Fancy Tariq. It's, it's a privilege to have you. And we hope to speak sometime again, you know, as more development pops up and more work comes on. I would love that. I'm, I'm just really happy I get to reach uh, a bunch of folks in Ghana because I really, I, I had a great time there. And, you know, I, again, you know, my family history is in East Africa, but I, I really enjoyed West Africa. I think it's great. I'd love to go back and uh, so happy to speak, you know, to someone from there and, and yes. uh, you know, spread, spread awareness about what we're doing at Rumi so that everyone there can, can benefit also. Bless, bless.